The Steelers are the final unbeaten team in the NFL for the first time in their history, I believe, this week after they escaped Nashville with a 27-24 win over the Tennessee Titans uh, in a hair-raising affair towards the end there. I'm joined by uh, two of the three co-hosts, Gavin Marshall and returning today's Rich Cetron. How are you doing, guys? Pretty good. We lost Dave. Don't we've, know where we've he's, lost Dave. He's feeling a bit ropey. Yeah. Hope you, uh, peace and love, Dave. Hope you're feeling better. He'll be back. Yeah, get better, Dave. Um, so this game was a uh, a thriller, and I'm, I'm sure we'll dive all deep into it, and we'll get to the the players and the performances and the positions that we that we normally do. But I think this game specifically warrants kind of talking about the game script a little bit because that, that's kind of the the story of this game, right? The two halves and and how it kind of went. We were flying high for the first half of this game, couldn't have had it any better. Um, what feels like the third time this season we were kind of trash talking the opposition on Twitter. And then the momentum changed, sorry. Um, team kind of really fell apart from an offensive perspective, at least. And, and uh, you know, we, we were really squeezing it out in the final couple of minutes and it led to a Koskowski missed field goal to sneak away with the win. So, you know, how, how were you guys feeling towards the latter stage of this game? How worried were you? Did, did you see us losing this game? Well, I was going to ask you, I wondered, if, have, has your, uh, your phone got, is it connected to your, like, heart rate monitor or anything like that? Have you got, like, a, a record of the things? I reckon it would be peaking and then dropping down quite low and then peaking again even higher at the end which is kind of why because it was it was a great first i mean you couldn't ask for a better first half could you it was amazing and then almost to the point we're like oh well this is over yeah and then suddenly you look you turn around the Steelers have scored three points in the second half and and they're they're going to to tie the game and and they they were at one point looked like they were going to score and go ahead if it wasn't for Oh, dirty Rob Spillane, but we'll get into that. But, it's, a, um, it's a classic Gav game, right? You know, you bet on the team that's losing heavy at half. Yeah. And I bet yeah, you didn't you do. do it. I didn't do no. it, no. I, wouldn't, <laughs> I don't tend to bet with Steeler games. Makes sense. Makes sense. How are you feeling about this, Rich, when you're watching it? Oh, I felt, I mean, I felt good about it for the most part. I thought overall everyone played really well. Um, I just, you know, Ben, I just, he's, it's a love hate relationship with Ben, you know. The, uh, the guy's been playing some some good football. He hasn't been super accurate. Um, his, his decision making hasn't been great. I, you know, I, I watched the All Twenty Two for the first time this year, and he's missing open receivers. He's making poor decisions, but he's doing enough, you know. And he, he is throwing the ball fairly well. Um, but uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about it. There's just there was a there was a few times. I don't know if you guys want to go over it at some point where he he had guys wide open for touchdowns and just didn't see them. I, I I've always felt that, that he has a problem reading pr- progressions, you know. And I think he's probably always been so talented of an athlete and a, and a passer that he really never had to develop that skill to a high level. Of course, he can do it, you know, or he wouldn't be in the NFL. But I don't think he's ever developed it to a high enough level. Quite often, he'll lock in on receivers. And a lot of these tip, some, two of these tip passes, at least, where he was locked in on somebody, you know, the, the play at the end of the game, he's locked in on Juju. And he was going to throw it to Juju no matter what. And, yeah, if he would have thrown it about a foot higher, they probably would have scored. But Brown had coverage all over Juju. Man, that guy – I don't know what you guys think, but that's that's the best coverage linebacker I've seen in the NFL this year. Yeah. 
He was good. I mean, I thought their their, their coverage played pretty well, and and in and their secondary especially. And in the end, I think that was why we saw the game we did because Ben was just taking what was open, and that was all less than you know. It was about five yards ahead of him. That was that was all that was. He was he wasn't risking anything really, was he? There's hardly any deep shots at all, which is quite unlike him. I thought it's very different Ben to what we used to. Yeah, yeah. I just like to see his progression. I'd like to see him go through the progression a little more. Sometimes he does. I would say more often than not, he doesn't. But sometimes he does. He did a few times. They're like, remember the pass where he was getting he was getting surrounded and he just kind of pl- threw the ball backwards to Connor and then we lost like like yeah. four yards. Well, he had Ebron had inside leverage on the safety and was open for going uh, um, running a, a post pattern, and he just never looked at him, you know and. Yeah. The, the pass to the pass that Deontay Johnson dropped in the second quarter had Washington on a corner route wide open. It'd have been six if you'd have saw him. You know. Also, and, he's been getting quite a few balls tipped this year, and I wonder if that there's something if he's he's seeing people in front of him. He's not because obviously I've noticed that on the tape as well that there's people open, but they're they're kind of behind the line. So and he's been throwing seemed to, seemingly thrown. He was trying to throw to people that he could have a direct line of sight to almost. I don't know if it's like the, the fear of the tipping. I was reading a bit about that today. But apparently he's blaming that kind of on the, the quick passing nature of the offense. Kind of the new stuff they've integrated means that he's getting the ball out quicker than you'd expect, quicker than most quarterbacks in the NFL. And, that, and that's kind of leading to lower passes. I don't know if you buy that, but that, that was kind of the uh, yeah, excuse. Yeah, it, it does make been. sense. He's a, the, he's a, the, I, I saw that he's the, the shortest th- time to throw of yep. any starting QB since 2016. Since 2016, two, wow. Yes, 2.29 seconds, averaging 5.5 yards per attempt. That's and it's all in front of him. Yeah. I mean, there were like two... I think the, t- the two of the picks were on the deep shots. There was a couple of other completions on plus 20s and one other, one other deep shot that went incomplete. That was it. Everything else was like inside 20 metres beyond the line of scrimmage, most of it inside 10. Yeah, I think Ben had a, a kind of a weird game overall, right? You, you look at the stat sheet and it shows three interceptions. The first one's a bit of a... I mean, we don't like the decision, right? I know, Rich, you said that when it happened, right? Um, but but I, I'm guessing that was just the play call. They, they, were, they were trying to toss it up into the end zone. I don't quite know what happens with that, but they give away three points, assuming the boss can make a field goal if we get an extra 10 yards or so. I, I don't like that, but you know you can chalk that up to an end-of-half kind of interception. Uh, then one of them's on a tip pass as well. Then there's another that I thought was was a worse interception, which was the one to uh, to Juju. Uh, but overall, I mean, the, the the first half play was moving the ball. We were efficient. You know, we were completing third downs. I think we took advantage of the Titans' really poor third down defense, which was been pointed out to me by multiple Titans fans. Yeah. Um, so it's a difficult one for me to really take away a lot a lot about really offense in, in this game because I am concerned a little bit by how they completely failed after adjustments were made in the second half. I, I don't know, but it's a good team. Yeah, it's I'm, a good team. So, I'm, but I mean, one thing to think about that: both of those early drives, they they got into third and long situations, which yeah. needed kind of amazing plays for those. You know, it wasn't like they dinked and dunked all the way down. That's true. They needed like sort of you know a low percentage. Uh, throws to come off to keep those drives alive, and they they did on both those drives. But on on later on later on in the game, they weren't coming off. So it's maybe not like of, all maybe rosy. A bit of luck, really, maybe a bit, a of, little bit of luck, yeah. or just play good playmaking on offense. You know, was was what was what uh, saved the day really. And and I think the one big turning point, which is possibly overlooked, was that Ray Ray return at the end of the yeah. first half. Because I mean that that flipped the field. How nice it is to have that capability. I haven't had that for so long. It's but so to flip the field like that and nearly score a touchdown, maybe you should have done, but um 
that that made such a difference because that you know in, the, the Titans received in the second half. So if they'd have you know if, we, if they hadn't got that that uh, those points there. It could have been a very different situation. Yeah. That actually could have turned the game. Because realistically, we stole seven points there, right? You know, we dominated in that half, but if not for that, the chances are you're not getting seven points in that drive. That's just the odds. So, yeah, to come up with that, that, that changes the game. You know, we don't get that, then the Titans maybe catch us in the second half rather than just falling short. So, um, yeah, he's a game changer. Ray Ray's won the Battle of the Rays, was it? Yeah, definitely yeah. won the battle of the race. <laughs> um, last thing on Ben, maybe it's not a Ben thing so much as it's a kind of a coaching issue or a, or a, a Fitchner issue or a play calling issue. I don't know. You tell me. But why are we throwing the ball forty nine times in a game where we we're twenty seven to seven up? We're not running the ball as I mean, we're, Connor's running well, but we're not. We're not generating the run game. Isn't generating as much as as you'd like. I think. Is the issue, and 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 the in, you know in the modern the modern NFL the, the 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 short yardage game like what what you're seeing the quick strike offense is the you know, the uh, proxy for the run game. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's different. It's not like throwing the ball up, you know, to, for 10, 15 yards every time. It's five yards. It's behind the line of scrimmage. It's just instead of your run game. And I I'm, I quite like it. I, I like the fact that Ben has pulled it off in a game he's not played that well. That he kind of played that man, you know, game manager kind of role. I just wonder. I, I don't like to. I don't like to sort of champion the conservative play calling route too too much. But uh, you know, because it's second guessing, isn't it? But it, it does feel to me like we we kind of overthinking it a little bit. I, I mean, we're heavily up and we've dominated in the first quarter. We have a, we have a quality offensive line, and, and James Conner's a hard runner. I mean, give, give the guy a chance. I, I don't know, Rich. What, what do you think of this? Well, I I, I tend to agree with what Gav's saying. Um, you know, the, the our our passing offense now is is a lot of high percentage, you know, throws and and you know taking out the uh, you know the gambles that Dan, Ben does every now and then, and I'm fine with it. It's just that I'm not fine with it depending on what's going on with the game. You know, it's the game. It's the game situation. That's really what it comes down to. There's a time when you can do that, take that gamble, and there's a time when you really shouldn't. You know. Um, that game shouldn't have been that close at the end. We should have kicked a field. It should have been a safer pass. Connor was open at the 10-yard line when he tried to force the ball to Juju. Boswell comes in and kicks that field goal. Now they have to score. It should have never been that close. You know, but I think what I think that, you know, we are passing a lot more because it is a, it's, it is for the most part a shorter passing, high percentage passing game. And and I'm actually fine with it. I mean, I like it, you know, because because the running game was working well as well and we, we can keep them off balance that way so i i, I kind of liked it i kind of liked i actually liked the play calling um sunday i thought it was i thought it overall it was pretty good yeah fair enough yeah i must admit it wasn't something that I, I even struck me during the game to be honest it was only later when i when i looked back and was going over the notes for this game and, and preparing the show that i looked at it and thought geez how, how are we throwing nearly 50 times in a game where we're so far ahead in the first half but yeah, that makes sense. What you said, what you said is true. Uh, it, it is like you say, Gav, a proxy for the running game with these short passes. So we'll see how. I that mean, you saw it. Forward. You saw it on that first drive. They came out and they did that. I don't know if it's the Hank concept where they they get three the receivers. There's three or four people basically that run upfield and then all come back at the same time yeah. into that underneath area. And they they ran that like over and over again, and that was really successful. So that's obviously you know in the two high safety set. That's where the where the uh, the hole is, so that's, that's that's they were just hammering that, and and it worked, and you know they won the game. But you got to look at what you know the adjustments, especially the 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 offensive adjustments that the the Titans made in the second half, 
um, yeah, the Steelers didn't didn't capitalize on on what they they'd built on in the first half, and 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 maybe needed to switch up a little bit, maybe start probing with Claypool and Washington a bit more in the second half. Where, but what what they did do is they went to Juju a lot more, and I thought I thought it worked. I thought Juju had a great fourth quarter. He looked good. I thought, and he looked like a true number one towards the end there. I mean, it, it speaks more about how good the whole wide receiver core is that they've got so many different options and you know different roles to play and different things to call on. But it just it would have been nice to see a sort of real switch at the end. But um, you know, because like you say, they weren't just weren't taking those deep shots. So just to keep the, the, the just to peg their their secondary back a bit and and stop crashing down and maybe make a bit more space for the running. But I mean, I think we saw what they wanted to do on offense, which was you know the inside zone runs, the draw plays, the, the screens. Draw plays are working well, like you said. They yeah, are. Yeah. They are. The delayed handoffs. You know, the the third and shorts are no problems. You know, I think I think I think there's a lot to like in in there. I just I just think it it, it was a, a strange game of two halves, mm. and like, yeah, the adjustments were the problem. And not dealing with, you know, the problem with the defense has been the 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 free runners, you know, taking the top off. And we saw it again yep. with with AJ Brown do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the the AJ Brown thing. Well, we'll get into the defense. Is there anything you want to talk about? We've, we've kind of dragged around the offense all over the place. But is there is there anyone you specifically you want to call out? You mentioned Juju. Um, third and Ebron. Third and Ebron, yeah. <laughs> Love third and Ebron. That's becoming a thing. I like that nickname. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's money, right? Six receptions, 50 yards. It actually felt to me like a, a Deontay Johnson game. I was surprised when I saw Juju actually had more, slightly more yardage. But um, DJ with two touchdowns. Uh, again, actually, I wanted to ask you about this, Rich, because I know I thought you might want to speak on DJ, because I know he's been frustrating you a little bit. Um He's a super talented guy, right? But there's there's little things that, that frustrate you about his game. Yeah, the inconsistencies. I mean, he, he dropped two passes. You know, one one was a touchdown. Um, the other one was was a tough catch, but he still should have caught it. Ben could have been a little more accurate on the pass. Um, he, You know, the, the uh, mental errors that he's made, um, he seems to get bitten by the injury bug. Um, fairly often, you know, there's just question marks about him. I mean, the one thing you can't question is his talent. He, he's a great, great talent. He did have a little Antonio Brown moment there with one <laughs> that kind of threw up a little red flag for me when Ben overthrew him on one plate. He had a little kind of little had a little mini tantrum on the field. I don't think I even um, noticed that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, but I think the guy's great. You know, we're, you know, we're gonna have some big decisions to make in the years to come, though. But it's what's really I, what I really love about our receiving core in, in in general is when you think about it. Every game so far this season, we've had one one of the four top receivers that have looked like a number one receiver. Yeah, and absolutely. have just had an outstanding game. You know, each one of them. So that's that's a nightmare for any defensive coordinator. And that's, I think that's a, that's really a great weapon for us right now on our offense. Um, uh, so, yeah, but you know, yeah, you know, I still, I like Deontay. I, you know, I, he's a great player. He, there's just some things I think he needs to clean up a little bit. And, but uh, for the most part, you know, the guy's great. Yeah. I, I think this is also a, an offense that's going to frustrate fantasy owners. <laughs> I saw a lot of people starting Claypool this week that weren't pleased with no. uh, minus two yards, but that's the way it's going to be, right? It's going to be uh, the roulette wheel. Which which wide receiver is it today? Um, yeah, I think it comes down to how they how how many safeties they play because like the Titans like to play too deep, then you're going to get a lot of under under underneath stuff. So Juju yeah. and DJ and Ebron come into effect. 
if it's like a lot of single high, then you're looking at Claypool and Washington. I think that, you know. Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. We'll have to, we'll have to watch that next week. Um, the last thing on the uh, on the offence, the old line, just quickly to mention, because uh, I like to gush over them this season. Um, I should say, uh, Chucks went off right with an injury, so we saw a bit of Gerald Hawkins in this game. Um, yeah, well, he was playing, he was, he was playing he was tackle in, eligible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought he did a good role. job in that. Yeah, I thought he did a great job at doing some of that. Um, for that one, uh, he, uh, Hawkins sealed the edge perfectly for Connor on that um, bounce, the, the run outside where he bounced it out to set up the uh, second TD. Um, just yeah, before Snell yeah, came in with yeah. the Mondo fullback one there, that one. If you watch that again, Hill Hawkins, amazing block there. Yeah, I thought you might want to you want to touch on Mondo. <laughs> yeah, weird game. I thought it, it, it's an up and down game. Yeah, I mean, so no, uh, no Derek Watt. So they they called up. Did they call up Mondo? Obviously, they thought they wanted a bit more, like a bit more beef up front, and he is beefy, right? Um, so they called him up, and he, uh, he had the penalty. Uh, but it, I, I guess his biggest play was yeah, the fullback kind of play. Yeah. But I, I, I like Mondo. I think he's a you know space eater. I think he's got a role on this team. It's like a, a giant man baby to me. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't have put his face to a name before to, before he used the name. Um, so, yeah. I got a 13 ghost when you said that. <laughs> What's that? Did you, you never saw 13 ghosts? No. Oh, we'll get into that later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tease. Um, I, I should also say, I should mention, I don't think we allowed one sack in this game, right? On 49 passing attempts, as I mentioned. So, uh, I mean, that's worthy of uh, worthy of mention. They got, they got to bed a little bit, right? And disrupted him. And, and there was, some, like you say, the tip passes were probably a... I don't think that's so much on the O-line, though. It's probably what we spoke about earlier. So, another good game from the O-line for me. I'm, I'm happy with how they're progressing. There was the one player, Filer, which which summed up the kind of the, the, the mood coming out of half-time dressing room, where he just, he was, he was pulling in the run game and just, just didn't, just didn't show any aggression at all. He's done that a the couple of times this season. Connor got, yeah, got, got tackled for loss. Um just looked like he, I don't know what was going on. He's such a strong dude. I was just expecting him to like level the guy and he just kind of pushed him straight into Connor and it just smacked I, of where it really, was. I just don't Con- believe that he has an effort issue. I, I, I can't believe that. So It just strikes me that maybe he's a touch slow on the recognition side, maybe. I don't know. It just Because I've noticed that a know. few the, times The dude now. was right in front of him and he just needed to like shove him and yeah. just, just hurt him slightly, you know? And he didn't. And I just, I wonder Strange. why. Yeah, I've got my eye on Filer this year. <laughs> just, just yeah, a little bit, just a little bit on the radar. Um, okay, defense. I'll wait for Gav to interrupt me with some kind of final thought. No, you go oh, ahead. Oh wow! See, he waits until I, he waits until I like include it as an option, Rich, and then he doesn't have anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, the defense again. I think the defense was kind of similar, but I think it's probably a lot predicated on what the offense did and the situations they were kind of put in. Right? Um, did about as good as you could expect up front, stopping Derrick Henry finishing seventy-five yards exactly, which I believe was the over/under we kind of set. Yeah, so close, Rich. You had uh, no TDs. You got the one. So. Yeah, Mika, Mika burned me on that pass interference. Yeah, he really did. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, excellent, excellent push and pressure up front as always. To it looked uh, beastly as he always does. Um, I think we need to give some special props to the linebacking core with Vince and, and Big Rob Spillane. Um, I mean, we could gush about that 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 play on was it fourth and uh, third and one all day. 
Um, but there was there was a few of those. That wasn't yes, the only one. Yeah. He had a few. He laid the wood quite a few times. Nice to see him get some kind of national recognition from that one, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a, gone viral on Twitter, right? So. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, what, what talk about putting your body on the line? I mean, geez. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand in front of Derek Henry. Do you want to do that? <laughs> I, I wouldn't stand in front of him in the, in the queue for a bus. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, yeah, that that was uh, a brave, if if foolish, decision. <laughs> um, you got a pick as well, uh, Spillane. Nearly. Those two have made me feel a bit better in this game. I think about about those two overall playing for the rest of the season or whatever the case may be. Rob Spillane went off injured, but he's fine apparently. Yeah, well, they were doing the thing, weren't they? Where it's in run in running down. I don't know if it's going to be so clear cut going forward, and they'll be able to do it with such success. But having on running downs, having Spillane and Vince out there, and then on when they go, you know, more more defensive backs in a passing situation, they just they pull both of them off and just put Gilbert out there. Yeah. So he was like the sort of lone backer. Um, that seemed to work quite well. Gilbert, I thought he didn't really he didn't really show up in any kind of terrible way of being beaten savagely in coverage. So I guess that means he had a good day. And then obviously you notice Vince and Spillane making the big hits in the run game. So I thought I thought between all three of them, they're kind of they're all right. I think. Would you agree, or do you? I, I do agree. Yeah. Worry? From what we, I'm less worried after seeing this game than I was uh, after the bush injury. Yeah. What, what do you think, Rich? Yeah, I, I liked it. You know, like Gav said, when they went to the dime, you know, he threw Gilbert in there, and um, he looked good. He 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 looked like um, he was ready for the game. You know, he picked up the receiver when he had to, and uh, out of the backfield, and and he was aggressive. Um, yeah, I, I like the I like the way it all worked out. It seemed like it was it was good strategy. Um, yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, that's about it. I, I was surprised that um, they had. We were talking about Mondo and uh, Wormley. Mm. Uh, I was surprised they they had them in there. They had both Tuit and Cam out of the game when uh, when when um, Henry scored his touchdown. Um, for about, I guess, maybe five or six plays leading up to that. Yeah. You know? And I did not understand that because those they were getting blown away. I mean, Mondo got got worked on that one long run that took Henry down near the goal line, and then and then um, and then Wormley just got destroyed on on the touchdown. Like I was like, I couldn't understand why they chose to take both of those guys out there in that, in that game situation. It was strange. Yeah. yeah you think you'd spell them individually, keep one of them out there. Right. Yeah. And, and in different situation and in a different game situation, how about midfield, you know, maybe, maybe there we'll do it, but, but inside yeah. the red zone, that made no sense to me. Yeah. Cause I mean, Mondo's technically a rookie and, and Wormley, well, I mean, he hasn't really, you know, he's not really got used to the system, I suppose, or he's not, he's not the biggest guy. I feel, I feel like I'd want more maybe bugs out there. I don't know. Yeah, Henry um, ran him right over. Yeah, ran. he just got totally washed, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, but I thought I thought Highsmith in the run game showed some real chops. Um, I don't know if there's you've seen the play where it's kind of like there's a zone play and. Um, uh, Highsmith's on the backside, so he's that kind of inside edge defender, and he 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 gets blocked, but he somehow manages he pushes one blocker and then and then tackles Henry through another defender. Amazing play! I mean, it's not like a real highlight, real stuff, but just kind of solid, quietly doing his job. But actually, if you watch the play again, if you hadn't made that tackle, then Henry's one on one with with I think with Hayden, you know, with just him between the end zone. So I mean, a real real game saving tackle there. 
Amazing. Yeah, that, was a, that was a nice play. I, I know the one you're speaking of. That was really nice. How about the one that TJ made? Uh, Derrick Henry's running off tackle. TJ slips inside the tackle. He doesn't go around him. He slips inside the tackle and is quick enough to get Henry before he can even leave the backfield. It was it was freaking amazing. That's a that's an NFL defensive MVP play right there. There's oh. only a few guys in NFL that can make that play. I swear, I swear. Every time you watch watch the tape back, TJ does something, one thing a game where you just you just think, how did he do that? For me, this time it was uh, the sack. He, he he somehow turned himself invisible so that uh, Tannehill just didn't see him. He didn't see him. Like he's bearing down on him and he just stands there reading down. For, I don't know. I don't know what he did. He just turned into the invisible man. It was amazing. But yeah, he just absolutely destroyed his blocker as well. I mean, it was a great play. But yeah, he's just, he's a very special player, isn't he? Just he is. amazing. TJ was fun to watch in this game. Like you say, Rich, watching him blow up uh, Henry in the backfield a, a few times in this game was... Uh, probably the highlight of, of watching this game for me yeah yeah he he was fantastic and he's he like i said he's making a run for that mvp should have had it last year but uh he's he's making a run this year the irony of course is that one miles garrett seems to be the other contender for it right now so <laughs> let's see That's already leading the nfl yeah he's playing well except for when he plays us that, that would upset <laughs> that would upset me so we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one yeah um, quite, Talking about Henry oh yeah, getting blown up, I just want to say that Henry in pass protection, Bud Bud had his will with him, and both and Vince did as well. They both made him look completely silly in pass protection, and on, on the sack, he was at fault for Vince's sack as well. Oh, nice. So you know, he's, he might be a big a big big strong dude, but he's he's maybe not so good when he's not going forward. He's got to get ahead of steam. Yeah. Uh, well, I was going to say that actually. One, the, I kind of saw this after the game. The, the Titan fans consoling one another online. Uh, the one thing they were taking away from the game was that it was a quiet game for Bud Dupree. Bud Dupree didn't didn't beat them. And that that was what they'd gone away and celebrated. So, oh, <laughs> take is, take from that what you will. Take, take what you can. <laughs> do Do we need to talk about what what went down on on like Twitter overnight about Cam Sutton? Well, that was yeah. I was going to get into that after the game. We can do it now if you want. Um, well, I just thought because Sutton had a really great game. Yeah, you know, it's probably his best game ever, right? I mean, he's been—we've been saying he's a Swiss Army man. Well, he actually like he, he settled down into a decent role. I thought it's great, you know, pass breakups, tackles. Uh, he was slightly, you know, he lost inside leverage on the the uh, Corey Davis touchdown, but um, I mean the the pass breakup on on uh, Humphreys in the two minute drill at the end of the fourth quarter was huge. Um, I just thought he was solid. Good, good, good performance for him. So I was a bit, you know, I was hoping that the the, the rumors, whatever that was, that he was going to get traded, wasn't real. But what was what what was that? Yeah, I woke up to this because I, I was asleep as well when it was all going on. Um, Steelers Twitter just seemed to implode overnight, um, and everyone's talking about how he's on Instagram and he's posted a a black screen with a just a little prayer emoji and telling people to wait for what's next and. Then he's unfollowed the Steelers on Instagram, but you know, did, did he follow the Steelers in the first place? We don't know. Uh, and then somebody messaged his girlfriend, and she wasn't pleased that she was being questioned about it. Um, she seems a little bit like she might have a, a, a screw loose. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. But but he's been in the facility today. He's training, and uh, a few people are saying he definitely is not being traded. So. I mean, listen, who knows? Maybe this is just something he posted that was absolutely nothing to do with football, right? These guys have lives outside of the game. Maybe uh, it was totally unrelated and people just blew up about it. Mm. Strange. 
Um, so I kind of diverted us away from what we were talking about, which maybe I should have done. But I actually want to talk about Hayden and um, mm. Nelson. What, what do you think about those guys' performance? Specifically Hayden, I was going to say... I, I, sorry, I've jumped all over the place now, so I'm kind of uh, darting my eyes around through my Strictly Thinking notes, but I'll, uh, I'll go off the top of my head. He feels to me like he's instinctively still there. He's excellent in pass coverage. His instincts are, are, are great. I just and I've mentioned it before. He feels a step slow, and and it really resonated with me in the final drive of the game, where my housemate was actually sat next to me watching the game. He doesn't he doesn't watch football, and I was screaming. I was sat there. I was screaming. I was like, AJ Brown is going to burn Joe Hayden. Back up, back up. <laughs> he just completely burned him on the outside. That um, that play is one of the worst cornerback yeah. reps yeah. I have seen in a long time. He was just totally. I don't know if he was gassed or like he, he had something in his eye or I don't know what's going on there. Awful. But like he stepped in some glue. Like what? It was what bad happened? positioning just, too. He he wasn't even in his stance at the snap. Yeah. He just didn't look ready. It was like it was like someone like a spectator stood on the field. And then he's like immediately out of phase. And Brown's just, yeah, like you say, I mean, that's up the field goal attempt that could have lost the game. That, I mean, that was a pivotal play. Um, and, and he made some good plays, Hayden, before that. Some nice pass breakups. Yeah. But that, that rep just was like, oh, man, what is that? Well, that's what I'm trying to say. He, he makes these great pass breakups and, and occasionally interceptions and things that make you think, well, instinctively he's all there. But there's just occasionally in big moments when I feel like a, a faster receiver, a younger receiver, uh, will target him a little bit. And we've seen it happen a couple of times. Just wonder if the stamina's going. Mm. And what about Just Nelson? Can't... What were you going to say on him? Well, I, 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 I'm not sure about Nelson. He had, a, he had a quiet game. He looked like he was, he was okay, but he's, st- he's still not playing at the same level. I don't know. It doesn't. I mean, the secondary overall has been playing better as a unit, but I just thought Hayden and Nelson are still up and down, and I don't know what's going on. Well, the guy I wanted to talk about, as I'm sure you'll imagine, and I think it's fair. We celebrated Minka last week, so it's only fair we point out a few things. Um, the awful tackle angle on the AJ Brown long touchdown, mm. I, I don't know what's going on there. That was rough. That was really rough. Um, I mean, you could point to Vince maybe being a bit lost on that play as well, but but that's what Minka's there for, to cover the back end on that. So, Well, Vince actually... Vince's problem was athleticism on that yeah. play. Yeah. Vince was in a decent position. His hips were so slow coming around, and then he tried to whip his hand up to to get the to deflect the pass, and he almost did. If he would if he'd have been a little more athletic linebacker and he could turn his hips quicker, he may have even got interception on that play. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. And Miki even hesitated too. Yeah. Like he, he took a bad line, hesitated, and then he then he you know tried to make the tackle, and he was way out of position by the time he did. Um, and that led to the 73-yard touchdown that, you know, was kind of the spark for their comeback. Um, and then the hold as well, you mentioned, Rich, the, the hold after um, Spillane's run stuff. Uh, that that could have been... A, that, that right there was a turnover on downs at the goal line. That's a game-changing play right there. I mean, people are going to overlook yeah. that, I think, but... Yeah. yeah. Good point. That play, Rich, the one where, you, where Vince looked like he was dodging bullets like Neo out of the Matrix when the ball just went through him. Mm-hmm. Um, that... I, I, I do think that was partly on the fact that the linebackers bit really hard on the play action. So that that was well sold by the by Tannehill and that because they 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 crashed down like two or three meters on that play and suddenly the ball was in the air and Vince was like, oh, what's going on? Nelson was so like playing so soft and and just he took a really bad angle on it and then yeah, Minka. I mean, it looked bad on Minka, 
But really, it shouldn't have been him having to make that safety tackle there. It should have been someone else, I think. So while it was, I think it was a bad tackle by Minka. I do think it was uh, uh, that was the whole the whole defense pretty much. Uh, I, I agree with you. Play. I agree with what you're saying, but but to to an extent, I mean, if if we go by that logic, then Minka should never make a tackle in, ever. You know. Well, that's the plan. Well, exactly right. So what I'm saying is that Minka makes his money when he does have to make a tackle. So you kind of expect him to make that tackle, given that given him being. You know, supposedly yeah, one of the top safeties in the league. I, I don't know. It, it, that's a bit concerning to me. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a breakdown. There's a is a breakdown by th- two or three people for sure. I mean, it was it was just you know it was a perfect storm for the Titans. We, we you know they they called a good play. They 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 uh, um, they they responded well to you know what we were doing on defense and. Um, you know, I th- I still think if that's if that's Luke Keekley back there, and there's not very many Luke Keekleys when he was in his prime, I think he bats that. I yeah. think he gets that pass. But um, yeah, you're right, Gab. Yeah, it was there was a there was a breakdown by a number of people on that play. I mean, it, this is the risk, right, of of, have, of relying on defense is that it can just take one or two moments like that, and your whole plan falls apart. Sure. Whereas on offense, if your if your plan is like if you're like the Chiefs or whatever, you you need one or two or three of those moments a game, that's what wins you the game. So it's, it's hard to have this approach with, with having a lights-out defense. But We should point out, we shouldn't be too negative, right? We, we beat a, an unbeaten team, um, a team that many are pegging as one of the better teams in the AFC. So there's a lot of positives to take away from this. And also, you got to remember that we went into halftime at 27-7, right? Um, the touchdown they scored in the first half, I thought they were very, very lucky on that drive th- about three times. <laughs> they should never have got anywhere near the end zone, frankly. I mean, anything from the strange tip pass that bounced all over the place to Adam Humphreys, right? And Yeah, that, that was a lucky drive. So, you know, we could have gone in with a goose egg at halftime. Um, so it could have been a bigger difference. I, I don't know. Things are going to go to and fro in every game, right? I just think this was a particularly strange one that we couldn't keep up any momentum coming out of the second half. But uh, And we've seen it before, right? This is kind of what happened in the Denver game to a lesser extent. You know, we were also sat on the edge of our seats with, with uh, who was it, playing quarterback in Denver then? Not Drew Luck, it was the guy I filled in from. Ripian. Ripian. Was that it? Yeah. Um, yeah, desperately needing a touchdown. And they came very close to it, right? So... We've yeah. seen this team kind of not been able to hold leads in the past, so it's when patterns form that concern me. It's not the first time. Yeah. One person we've got to give props to, and we've not mentioned, and I think that's on us, is Edmonds. What a game he yes. has. Yeah, he's so easy to forget, to, to credit, right, because of the role he plays. But yeah, you're right. We have to... We have to acknowledge that Edmonds is having a much better season. I think we have done most most games. I think we have, but I mean, this was this was his best game as a Steeler. I thought the, the 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 pass break up at the end of the fourth quarter, you know, that was massive. Yeah, that was the game right there, and he he made a massive play, you know. And the, the Steelers' defense is giving up explosive plays, and he snuffed one out. So, and, and you know, he was blitzing. You know, he stopped Henry a few times. I think, I, I, think I, I would love for him to it, get an interception. I feel like the fan base might kind of be. That's what he needs for the fan base to embrace him. <laughs> well, he nearly had it. He nearly had it. He still never had one. <laughs> nearly had it. Third and sixteen in the third quarter. Nearly had one. I thought you were going to say Jordan Berry. Oh yeah, no! Well, I was going to get onto that. I was going to get onto that when we get onto our special Don't teams. make me delete you out the call, Rich. I've done it to Dave. <laughs> Don't send me to the cornfield. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, well, I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up special. We already talk about Ray, Ray, right? And Boz was money as usual, so that does only leave us with uh, ugh, John Berry to talk about. Uh, he only put in the ball twice, so there wasn't a lot to see here. Um, yeah, he was inside the twenty on both kicks. Listen, I'm not willing to give him, a, a, you know, a boatload of credit for this. I think I said after the first one that it was a very uninspiring punt. I mean, he kicked from about half. I mean, from about the halfway line. I mean, what does he want? A medal for kicking it thirty yards downfield? Well done. Landed on the nineteen yard line, and everyone's getting in my mentions. Get out of here. What? Well, I still want to know why Colquitt <laughs> was cut. Rich, you know anything? We don't. I haven't heard anything. Probably that you guys haven't heard. I, I, I just think they expected a when they when they signed him for and, and dropped Barry. I think they just expected uh, a bigger, uh, a bigger production, more production from him. Yeah. You know, and I think um, they know what they have in Barry, and I think they feel like it's just it's it's just a more comfortable feel because if they're not getting that much more production, then why even take the chance? Just, so. just feels like admitting defeat. And listen, when we're in the AFC Championship game, this dude shanks a kick in the tie game in the fourth quarter. You best believe I'm going to be online telling you about it. <laughs> I hope he's comeback player of the year. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, let's see how this goes. I, I, you know, I was really excited for a, a Carlis Waitman game. Is that his name? <laughs> yeah, that's the dude. Uh, oh, of course, the Marquette King crew came out again. Uh, as the, where is that dude? Why is he not had a job for ten years? He, he's the Kai Forbath of the punting world. So yeah, it's a strange one. Don't know what he's doing. His his, his locker romantics. He'll end up in um, Tampa Bay probably. Mm. Okay. Anyway, let's move on from the the Titans game. It was it was a thriller. Um, I hope no games are that close again this season. We just blow everyone out because I can't handle this anymore. Um, the stakes just feel higher at the minute, right? You remember last season when nothing mattered? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we're unbeaten. I don't want to hear that uh, that losing music. We need to no. not, not hear that all season. Um, no. So I was going to talk about the Cam Sutton stuff. Uh, we've already talked about it. So I want to talk a little bit about the Steelers' kind of uh, opinion. I uh, say the opinion of the Steelers, kind of outside Steelers circles. Uh, what do I mean? I mean by that after this win with the last unbeaten team, and, and it feels like you know national guys are kind of getting on board now. I'm hearing the Steelers being touted as real Super Bowl contenders, to which I'm sure you two will tell me they have been all along. Yeah. <laughs> We've been here the whole time. <laughs> I'm seeing us uh, ranked top in power rankings. We, you know, we talked about us, the, are the Steelers the most complete team? Uh, what do you think about all this? Like you say, you've been here the whole time. Are you on board with this, though? Are we the, are we the best team in the league? I think it's possible. I mean, you look at the stats. I've got them here. Sixth in scoring, sixth in points allowed, first in total defence. 11th in rushing, third in interceptions with eight. Yeah, they are. I mean, you know, look what they did against, the, the like you said about the Titans, 13 of 18 on third down and, and had the ball for 12 minutes more than the Titans. They can do ball control, even if it's through the air. I think I think this team is pretty pretty multiple and pretty complete. So, But it comes down to luck. And I think we're going to need luck against the Ravens. I really struggle with... Uh with this kind of conversation. I, I just feel like I've never experienced any success in sport and therefore I don't know how to handle it. Um, Rich, you've experienced success. Um, how, how do we deal with it? Magnanimity. <laughs> you, know, you, you pray that the team stays healthy because I think that's the only thing that can stop us and knock on wood, we will stay healthy. Um, 
Yeah, I think I think we can beat anybody out there. I, I think we can beat the Chiefs. I think we can. I think we'll beat the Ravens. I think we can beat the Buccaneers. Um, as long as we stay healthy, we gotta gotta stay healthy, and that's the, that's the main thing. And you know, I think that's the only thing that can stop us. But um, yeah, you you know, enjoy it, enjoy it while it lasts, because you never know. Because <laughs> once you know, once Ben retires, who knows what oh, we're gonna no. do? <laughs> yeah, he could be a Jets fan. Oh jeez. Well, you guys keep enjoying it. I'm going to continue to be filled with angst. Um, <laughs> do a quick AFC North check and it should be easy this week because the Browns and the Bengals played each other the Bengals took the lead early in a game over the Browns and managed to bungle it again um, letting the Browns win with a last ditch pass from Baker Mayfield which was actually kind of a beauty um, everyone dropped the Browns like like a like a hot stone last week after we, after we destroyed them but they're a sneaky 5-2 and two. You know, um, it's a good, uh, good get right game, though, isn't it? Yeah. Playing the Bengals. Yeah, it, no. it wasn't a particularly impressive performance, I don't think, overall. Um, no. And it was very near a loss. I was rooting for the Bengals at the end there, but they couldn't pull I it off. I think Barrow actually outplayed Mayfield, yeah. I thought. Yeah. Uh, Odell Beckham out for the season with a, an ACL as well. Uh, but ironically, the Browns seem to have always played better without him, so <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But. Uh, I don't know. We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You still see the Browns as a, a playoff team? No, I think no. they're falling off. Think I they fall off. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, the other team. Rich? No, I, I never did see them as a playoff team. I always thought it would be from our our division, Steelers and the Ravens. Yeah, I think I think it, I think it came down to Mayfield, and he's he's too shaky. Like he's up and down. Yeah, he's all over the place. I don't trust him. Yeah, they're they're heading in the right division or right direction for sure, but they're just not they're not quite there yet. Even defensively, is is, is the talent they have on defense? They're just not quite there yet. Yeah. The Ravens were in a bye, um, much to my chagrin. After we found out that they would be in a bye the week before they played us, which means we can we can head straight into the preview of the Ravens Steelers game. If if you don't have anything else to to add in any kind of news capacity, Gavrich. Well, I don't think we should talk about a certain player in Tampa until something's actually happened. That was the agreement, wasn't it? So let's <laughs> hey, I didn't talk bring you up. That. You're now the one that brought no, it up. No, no, I wanted to, I wanted to get ahead of you. Um, we were yeah, out of the news, Gav. We were gone. We were, yeah, we were home know, free, and now you've said it. But, Antonio well, Brown, you said it. Own it. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. You said it. I just thought uh, the you know the Bucks look great, don't they? And they look like they they could be you know one of the NFC sort of they could yeah. be the buy team maybe. They're the other yeah, buy team right now. I think one of us, one of the four of us, predicted them to win their division. I think, right? Yeah. Who was that? I'm not sure. Maybe it was you, Rich. Oh, oh really? Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, he's always been humble. You got to give him that. <laughs> yeah. Knows how to blow his own trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> They haven't done it yet, though. They haven't done it yet. But they're looking good. They're yeah, looking good. I think it's helped by the fact I'm really out on the Saints at the minute. I just think Breeze is uh, looking a bit... I mean, Alvin Kamara, I think, might be the best player in the NFL. Um, or the best offensive player, I should say. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, Breeze... Yeah, well, I mean, Michael Thomas has been killing me in the, uh, in oh, the podcast. It's been awful. Every week I put him back in, hopefully, and then he's out again. But that... 
I mean, when he's back, I think you know you can judge that, judge him and judge Breeze and everything when he, when they're all back together again because that's that's surreal when they you know because without him they're kind of a bit lopsided, aren't they, on offense? There was a there was a fantasy league. I don't know no one cares about your fantasy league, right? But there was a fantasy league this week where I had to start Taysom Hill at quarterback, and it was a two quarterback league, and I only had one quarterback, and it was Taysom Hill. Oh. What's that? It's two it's two quarterback, not super flex. So it, you couldn't put. It, no, it was a super flex. And I had three, two quarterbacks because Ryan Fitzpatrick's been benched. He was my second quarterback. My other quarterback was on bye, so I had to pick up Taysom Hill off the waiver. That was the only guy that might score a point, and he scored not point six. Oh, <laughs> he scored. He scored more than Claypool. Oh, it's an awful week. Anyway, Wait, do we do we need to talk about what happened to me on the uh, fantasy football this week? Oh, jeez, that was. <laughs> I think we have just... to only because of how funny it was. So I'll let you explain it because I don't want to put you in hot water. Oh man, it's like you couldn't write it. Uh, so we're in like a dynasty league and um, there's uh, Naya that, with the NFL who, who, who is a beginner at uh, uh, fantasy league uh, fantasy football sorry and so I, I had a she was in my matchup this week and she had three players on bye so I hate that right uh, it's like one of my I, I, I can't see <laughs> laughing stars uh, I hate that, right? So I just think, you know, I, I sort of made, maybe I'd like, I was fired up. The Steelers were up. It was like half time in the game. I was thinking, yeah, this is all going my way. I'm going to smash everything. Um, so I was like, look, why have you got two, why have you got three players on by? You know, this, this isn't cool. Like, you know, it's not fair on other, other managers. You know, maybe you've given up, but, um, you know, other managers want, you need, you, you know, you need to play, keep it competitive for them. Well, uh, excuses came out that she had too many notifications to to pick up waivers. She didn't understand waivers that she's pregnant. And at that point, <laughs> I'm thinking like, you know, oh, geez, okay, I've I've like I've lit, you know, I, it's tricky. It's tricky this situation because you 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 know, all right, we're a group of nerds in 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 a chat room playing a thing, you know, a, a pretend pretend game mainly dominated by males. So I don't want to sort of pick on her for being. I'm I'm desperately trying not to pick on her. So I'm I'm trying to treat her like I treat anyone else because I think that's the, the fairest way to be. But then yeah, she's pregnant. So then okay, well I'm, I'm, that's a different situation. So then I just I try I try and salvage the situation by saying okay, well cool. The next week, you know, if you want any help in picking up waivers, you know, let me know. What happens? She beats me. She beats me <laughs> in the matchup. Right. The best part got, though. Like, Sorry, like Gav, you've missed the take, you've missed the like best bit. The, Gav, you've missed the best bit. It was when you said, um, it's just that, you know, if you'd have picked a few guys up and put them in, you might have beat me this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. Well, she had, and and I, I basically, if you put, you know, you had Devontae Adams in your lineup this week, you won because you got like 45 points or whatever. He was like Mr. <laughs> Mr. Point scoring. So, yeah, she had him. And, uh, yeah, I lost. So it was, it was major, you know, uh, shame for me, really. And, um, but quite amusing. I, I had a good chuckle. I'd imagined I put myself into like the other people's shoes and had a good laugh about it because I, I would have I would have enjoyed that moment of seeing someone get completely owned. You ate the humble pie on that one, I'm afraid. I did. It's a big slice, big chunky slice. I, I felt a bit bad for you because I knew that you were coming at it from you know with the best of intentions. It's difficult with these things, right? Because you don't all know each other that well, so it's hard to read tone, you know. So yeah, it's tough. Yeah. I was trying to, I was trying, I was trying, I was genuinely trying to help. Like I, I messaged her earlier in the week. It wasn't just that, that wasn't the first message, right? Yeah, I messaged yeah. her like Wednesday or Thursday, saying, "You've got three players on by. You've got no kicker. You've got no defense. You need, you need to add some people." Um, I just wanted to make it fun, and it turns out the fun was on me. So yeah, there you go. Uh, just, just keep quiet next time, dude. Yeah, uh, I will have to. I've um, learned my lesson. 
Okay. Never, never, never take on a pregnant woman that you don't know is pregnant because she's clearly a fantasy football mastermind genius. <laughs> Two minds are better than one, you see. Indeed. <laughs> anyway, should we get back to real football and the Ravens? <laughs> yeah. Um, the yeah, that's right. So this Sunday, six p.m. UK this time. So it's not five p.m. less last week. We should have we should have pointed that out. A few people were a bit confused. The clocks went back. Well, the uh, the American clocks go back this weekend. So it's six p.m. again. Uh, live from the portaloo from hell that is M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore. Um, the big matchup that we've all been waiting for this season: the Steelers play the Ravens. Um, it, so you know, I, I do my start in. Uh, diatribe as I, as I often do this to me is a bit of a weird matchup um the Steelers and Ravens games are always close it feels like you know that's kind of a bit of a trope at this point the Ravens are coming off fresh up a bye week so, so you know take that for what it's worth they're playing from home uh, but they've sneakily been the, the number 32 passing offense um they're a very run heavy team which we know they always have been since the Donald Lamar Jackson but that's especially prevalent this year um, you know they, they've been doing it all on the ground with a kind of a three-headed monster that they've got over there with the uh, the, the guy they drafted, J.K. Dobbins and, and Gus Edwards and uh, uh, what's his name? Blanked. The guy you Which made one? me draft in fantasy. Oh, uh, Ingram. <laughs> Ingram, thank Ingram. you. Um, Solid pickup if you want no points. <laughs> then you know Jackson being the leading rusher. So conventional wisdom, conventional wisdom might tell you that the Steelers would maybe have the advantage on that side of the ball because we're such a great run stuff in team. But what, what I want to ask you guys is, is it the same to try and contain Lamar Jackson? Does that play into our strengths? Or is this actually a very different challenge we face this week? I think it's different. I think you've got to contain him. It's totally different. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, he's uh, Jackson's been weird. He's not played as well this season, right? It's, especially in, in passing. You look at some of his stats, he's he's down across the board from last season, but uh, the dude just does not slow up. And, and what concerns me is that it does. this is the kind of team where it doesn't matter where you are on the field, it could be third and 16, you know, this guy can burn you for a long run at any point in the game and, and just extend a drive. And uh, that concerns me a bit with this defence. It's not the kind of, yeah, it's not it, the kind of the strong middle running that we've been used to. I wonder if it's almost like you want to bait him into running. Mm, mm. Um, sorry, one thing I wanted to go back to. You said they were the second passing offense. No, the thirty-second. Thirty-second. So yeah, last. I was going to say that, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're, yeah, they are last. I was going to say they're last in in pass attempts, I think, and thirty-first in passing yards, but they're they're tenth in touchdown passes. So he can he can he is passing the ball in the in the red zone, mainly to Mark Andrews, right? But um, mm. he's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, he's not. He's not having a great season at all. So. I think you can bait him. I think you can show him things and then take those things away and then make him panic and run and then you can have Dirty Rob Spillane just smash him in the head. Oh, that just excited me, even you saying that. <laughs> Rich, what are your uh, opening thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, he's the story, you know, as far as what we need to defend against. Um we have to we have to be able to contain him. We have to um, we have to uh, stay in our lanes um, and um, be really vigilant about um, how we rush the passer. That we don't open up any any lanes for him um, because that is that is the game to me is stopping him on the ground. Now he they could always you know they know that and they know we're thinking that so they could always switch it up and have him throw the ball a ton of times. Um, but I, I think that would be great. You know, I, I'll, I'll take 
you know, defending his arm against his legs any day, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, that's that's quite a job. I mean, he's he's one of those guys. There's a lot of fast guys in the NFL. There's a lot of guys that can make you miss. But, man, he's one of those guys that I played against a guy like this. And there, it, you can't even describe what – it's just a God-given instinct. He, he just is so good at avoiding tacklers. And it's like you – it's incredible, and until you until you see it for yourself, it's amazing how effective these guys are. And it's like you can't even put your finger on what exactly it is. They just have this innate ability to make people miss, and and he's really really good at it. So that's that's the uh, that's our job. It's, it's containing that guy. Yeah, I mean the Ravens are quite limited in a lot of ways, aren't they? They they, they they're not good unless they're in the lead and they're controlling the clock and the ball. Yeah. So, the whole thing comes about how do we how do you maintain control? So do you do you outscore them or do you try and prevent them from scoring? Do you do a little bit of both? I mean, I think you've got to you've definitely got to stop. You've got to worry about. I mean, their their receiving core is pretty thin, really. But they've got you know they've got Hollywood Brown, so you kind of need to double cover him, really. He's a he's um, a he's a downfield threat, and he can. Yeah, if you thought it? AJ if you thought AJ yeah. Brown burned us, then he could come back and another be burned by two Browns in a row. So like Odell Beckham territory over here. Um, and then uh, Mark Andrews as well is the, sorry, is the other one. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't, sorry, that was late from me. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> your muttly laugh. Um, and then, yeah, just uh, you know, keeping Mark Andrews out of the end zone, um, and that kind of comes down to probably Terrell Edmonds or one of the linebackers. Apart from that, if you can cover all those other... I mean, I'm not particularly worried about Sneed or Boykin. I don't know about you guys or, or Dave's guy, Devin Duvernay. Say, yeah. You know, I mean, I think you can just let them go one on one, maybe, and uh, you know, just make sure someone's watching Jackson and just make make them try and throw, and hopefully get some picks. I mean, yeah, I mean, their their lines protecting him pretty well, so I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, we saw the Steelers dial back the the blitzes and the pressures against the Titans. I think you sort of, you know, they, I'm not I'm not sure they'll play as much three four as they did against the Titans because they'll need a bit more mobility back there to, to mm-hmm. counteract um, Jackson, but but a similar game plan, if not the same personnel. Uh, maybe we see a bit more Gilbert, a bit more lateral ability to try and contain Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that this week. That was an option. It might be interesting to see how they how they view that because they may go with a 3-4 a lot because they may want to try the containment up front and have that extra big body there. You, you know, he's not going to make any quick moves to get to him, but just that, you know just that containment in, 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 you know, in your gaps up front. So it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do more is if they play that three, four more or that three, four over that they played where they had yeah. some TJ in the middle and sometimes they had Dupree or if they go with the nickel more, more or less, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of strategy they, they use. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we should have talked about it when we we're talking about the Titans game, but I love seeing the Steelers in that much three, four. Didn't that make you feel really safe and happy with those three big dudes up front? And <laughs> yeah, and sure. TJ and Bud outside, you just feel like, yeah, this is okay. We're, 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 I don't care. You might beat us over the top. We're going to smash you. I don't care. So, yeah, <laughs> um, maybe, maybe we do see a bit of that sprinkling. But I, I can't imagine it will be – I don't think we'll, we'll see that much 3-4 as we did with the Titans any game this year again. Because I think, I think it's, it's a very different running running attack. That with, with Henry, you know what you're getting. It's a you know, power put run game up the middle, isn't it? It's going to smash you through the holes. Right. So, um I don't know. I think I worry that if if they've just got three lumbering dudes up front, that Jackson's just going to pick them apart. You know, a couple of steps and they're out of the game. 
depends. If we can get if we can get pressure, you know. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It, you know, it's it's like it's, dis- it's all about the discipline. You know, you, you got to have discipline up front cover your gaps and you know and and then you compress that offensive line if you're able to do that that could be problems for him yeah but you sort of you you want to bait him into thinking he's got a one-on-one matchup on the outside and then and then um minka's free to to crash down and, and hawk on the ball he won't be able to do that if if there's you know too many people up front i think so it's, it's a balance. I think you've got to make him maybe settle in and, and, and hit him with the pressure so that he's got to get the ball off quick. And then then you start dropping, you know, pulling that third man off and start making free free people in the back, you know, in the back end. So maybe that's what we'll see. Uh, the three guys uh, at the back in the backfield for them, um, J.K. Dobbins is kind of sneak. Like he's, it's a strange because he's in a bit of a committee over there, but he's uh, he's looked quite impressive in, in the, the carries that he's had. Um, we've not really faced an offense where we've seen kind of this, uh, you know, th- there's no one lead guy necessarily. It's more whoever's fresh, whoever's running the ball. Um, well, uh, Jack- Jackson's the lead in Russia, really. Well, of course, yeah. I'm just, yeah, just talking more from the running back perspective, that's all. But mm. uh, there's a lot of different options for where this ball can go um, out of the backfield is all. So it'll be interesting to see if this front holds up the same, I think, uh, as we've seen in previous weeks. I think it should. I do. I think you know. I, I, do, do you know who they're going with? I mean, I see people picking up Gus Edwards on the fantasy football. I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm not sure. I think I, you know. I, I do. I still. I do like Mark Ingram. I think he's a good player, and I think you know maybe he's the kind of back that would succeed against the Steelers. But I don't know. Big trust. Big trust. That's the thing they say over there in Maryland, right? No. Apparently so. <laughs> Lame. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the defense, similar to the Steelers, is, is probably the strength of the team, though. Um, strangely, when you talk about an MVP in Lamar Jackson, um, they have the number five defense apparently in the NFL this year, um, with the number one, of course. But they only allow thirty-four percent on third downs, uh, allowing third downs, which are pretty impressive, seventeen points a game. So, I think the big acquisition we've seen this year has been Calais Campbell. Um, he leads their team in sacks. He's a, a, just a, a great signing for them. I think big dude causing pressure straight down the middle. But then uh, rookie linebacker Patrick Queen, who I think a few of us liked in the draft, has been a big contributor for them as well. Yeah, and they just got in Gokwe, although whether he's yes, going to be completely yeah, settled in or not. I wasn't sure if he is he going to. Are we going to see him play snaps? Or? Sure, I'm not sure, but. Good uh, addition for them. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we'll see him on the swing around, if not this week. But I mean, I think the story of their defense really is the cornerbacks. I mean, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I mean they've got uh, Smith and Humphrey. They're just amazing. And, and Peters Marcus has been Peters, up and down. Uh, he's, yeah, I he's like up and down. Peters, he's got, yeah, he's, he's good, good for a big play. Yeah, yeah. But maybe he's a bit shaky. He can be beaten. I will. I wouldn't be surprised if if Roethlisberger uh, targets him a little bit. So we'll see. But um, I'll tell you who's playing well for them is uh, LJ4. Yes, I wrote that down, actually. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, a real contributor on their team right now. And he's playing the run well, which is surprising, because I always had him down as more of a kind of coverage linebacker. But, um, yeah, he's playing well against the run. He's really improved. So it's a bit of a shame we didn't hang on to him. But, um, but yeah. I know the the plus the plus six sorry Rich the plus six turnover ratio that that the defense has yeah. is is concerning especially for a team that turns the ball over like the Steelers yeah. <laughs> at times um, they've got a thing for forced fumbles over there as well we've we've seen a few fumble issues this year 
We've gotten away with them a lot, I feel like. Um, I think this could be a, a tough team to run on. I don't know if uh, that's going to cause us struggles on the offense. I, I actually see this being a low-scoring game. I, I don't know if you agree with that. Yeah. What were you going to say before, Rich? Oh, I was just going to say, he, he probably has a chip on his shoulder, too, with us. Because yeah. he was playing good football, and I can't remember who went down. Someone got injured. And instead of instead of putting him into starting position, they... Um, the Steelers went out and re-signed Sean Spence. Yeah. That was when Shazier went out, wasn't it? I think. Was it Shazier? Yeah, it might have been yeah. Shazier. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And that, you know, that was kind of a slap in the face for him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's playing with a little chip on his shoulder. Something to prove, yeah, definitely. I think he's proved it. I mean, I think he's with them, he's, he's showing up. But yeah, we'll see. I just think, I just think it's key you've got to stay level with them. We just can't let them get out in front. That's the thing. If it's if it's back and forth, that's fine. Obviously, if the Steelers go out in front, then they've won. But if if the Ravens go out in front, I I, it's, I really think this is a very close game, especially being it's in Baltimore, right? I'm not making that mistake again, it is, am I? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It is in Baltimore. Yeah, good. I think with that, that tips it slightly. For me, it slips tips it slightly in their favour. Coming off the bye, you know. You can kind of throw the form out of the book, out of the window, really, can't you? With this game, the, the team, yeah, you know, the rivalry goes back so far. I so I'll go into it. I, I'm actually picking. I'm picking another loss here. I'm picking. I'm picking the Ravens to win 24-21. You picked the Titans last week, right? Yeah, I did. Okay, just wanted to point that out. Well, but I picked them. <laughs> I picked. I picked the score. Yeah, right. But here you go. The score was 22-21. I'm not a million miles away, and the Steelers lead. In the fourth quarter, Titans go go for two in dying seconds to win. So it, 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 I had it coming down to the last play, which is what happened. Wait, what? I'm, I didn't follow that at all. Well, I, okay. So you I picked the, the score I picked was the... 22-21? Yeah. That wasn't the score. I know it wasn't. Oh. I'm not saying I got points. I'm just saying <laughs> it wasn't a million miles away that it was very, very close. Oh, so you're looking, you're, looking, you're looking for us to congratulate you on getting it wrong? No, I'm just saying it wasn't a million miles away. I didn't have the Titans blowing out the Steelers. I had it as a very close game coming down to the last play. Well, we all had the Steelers beating the Titans. Yeah, but you so had big blowouts. No, we didn't. Nothing. Didn't. You, you had, yeah, you had a seven-point swing. That's not a blowout. Well, I didn't have a blowout. We won no, by three points. Had, we were only four points away. Point what do you want? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was a loss, but I, I picked a close game. Have you heard this? Have you heard this, Rich? I was four points away. He's four points away the other way, and he wants congratulating. Anyway, I don't want congratulating. I'm just saying you, you, you're firing shots from me for picking the, the Titans to win. I'm just saying I, I picked a close game. You know. Are you playing the odds just a little bit, Gab? Like because we played two tough teams in a row, and you figure we got to lose one of them, so now you're kind of committed. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, yeah, um, I mean, you can't see it. Just, I mean, I, I I seem to remember saying this in the off season. You look at the thing; you can't. Every team, every game looks. Win- I thought every game looked winnable, um, and but you can't pick a you know sixteen and no season, so you've got to pick some to lose. Well, I agree. That, that's what I was saying earlier this season. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm going to rain on Rich's parade because I'm also going to take the Ravens to win. <laughs> Um, listen, Rich, you're our good luck champ. You keep picking the Steelers to win every week, please. Um, but I've got to be real. I, I'm struggling with this. I just It's so unanalytic, as a lot of my, my thoughts are when it comes to these picks, right, Gav? But the Steelers are just due a loss. We've been lucky. <laughs> We've been lucky too much. There's been a lot of skill. There's a lot of talent. But 
there's been a lot of situations where we, we could have found a way to lose. Um, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game where either team could win at the drop of a hat, but uh, I'm going to take the Ravens to beat the Steelers 20-13. to Oh, Okay. You guys, you guys are both taking the Ravens, basically trying to play the odds. It's not an so- odds game. <laughs> no, as far as the odds of the Steelers do, you know, playing another tough team two games in a row, like I, you're not. Neither one of you are giving me any football reasons why they're going to lose. <laughs> I, I gave you a reason. I think I think it's going to be a tight game. I think if what 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 have the Steelers got to do to win this game? Right, they've got to stop Jackson. They've got to they've got to be able to basically it comes down to Ben, doesn't it? Because mm-hmm. I, I think their their run D is good too. So they're not gonna be able to run the ball. So it comes down to can Ben with his quick strike arm, you know, his newfound role, can they can they put up points early to get ahead so that then they can start running and, and just shutting Jackson down? Can that happen? Yes, that can happen, but it's it's in in Baltimore with with them coming off the bye, it's tricky. They might have a few they've had time to prepare. They've probably been watching the Steelers play. They've got a few tricks up their sleeve. I think it'll be it's a tricky matchup. So I think it, I think it comes down 50-50. I agree. So, but but you're still not answering my question. Specifically, what will they do to beat the Steelers? Well, they'll 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 try they'll get they'll put they won't do what I'm saying. The Steelers will try and make them do. They'll they'll keep the ball safe in in Jackson's hands, and he'll he'll run it, and he'll just rack up some points. Okay, so they'll so they're going to beat us with Jackson's legs. Yeah, that, that's what okay. I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. Got they it. won't. But they won't. They won't bite the bait of of throwing and and Steelers making picks and. I'll, I, be, I think, I'll I think, deviate from that. I think they're gonna. I think Jackson might beat us with his arm. I don't think that's gonna happen. And I think I think he, I think we want to make him throw, but I think uh, this game comes down to which offense has a little bit more success over the the dominant defense on the other side of the field. And I, I worry about Ben a little bit in this game. I think that, like you say, they've got a strong front and a strong back end, and that. I don't know, I could see him making some mistakes and that being the difference. Well, you know, if you remember last season, he threw the ball really well. He kind of reverted back mm. to two seasons ago where he wasn't throwing very well. Then last season, he threw the ball really well. And now, you know, but, you know, teams might be doing some because last year his tight ends were very prominently his his main receivers. And, you know, it's it's copycat league and teams all have tape and they watch and, you know, they're probably shutting a lot of those lanes down. For, for those tight ends and he probably doesn't have those those lanes to go to as much as he did last year and now he's forced to try to go to receivers and he's he doesn't have a really great deep ball do we see any des bryant i mean oh man that's that was, that's trying to inject some luck they lost hayden hurst that he was i thought he was a, you know he was a decent solid kind of tight end receiver downfield but oh yeah not really Dude. replaced him that's a, that was a big loss for them. They're they're so heavy in the tight end game. That was a big big loss for them. So all right, I guess it's my turn, huh? Yeah, we kind of got back into yeah, the, the uh, we, side we of this. We better get good football reasons, Rich, why the Steelers <laughs> yeah. are going to win this game. <laughs> oh, you shall, sir. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, I think I think Ben's going to have a. a a, a good day. I don't think I don't necessarily think it'll be great, but I think he's going to um, have a have a good day. I think Connor is going to run the ball decent, not great. Um, I think the receivers for the Steelers are going to give them fits. I, I, you know, I think it's 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 going to be, be a problem um, for the for the Titans. And and on defense, I think we're going to pressure the the 
crap out of Jackson. I think I think I think he's not going to have time to do much of anything. I think we're gonna we're gonna um, just pressure him all day and and beat him up, basically. So that's why I'm taking the Steelers. But it's still but it's always close. I mean, how many games? have the Ravens-Steelers played, whether it's Pittsburgh or Baltimore, and it's a three-point game. It's happened so many times. So I'll take it 27-24, Steeler win. What did I see? It's all-time, like 24-24? Like they're, they're level? 23-23, I think. 23-23, yeah, they're level. So, you know, this is this is a coin flip. Yeah, I agree. I forget what's happening. Um, so, so, Rich, was, was some of that your bold prediction? Or is that... Is it something um, yeah, you know what? I I had a I I, <laughs> I had my bold prediction earlier and I forgot it. <laughs> okay, George, so I give you mine while you uh, think of a new sure. one or try and remember. It. I've got. Great. I don't know. Maybe this is. I don't know. Maybe this is too weird. But I've got Ben throws at least as many ints as TDs. Mm-hmm. So at least, and Jackson runs for more TDs than he throws. Hmm. Do you want me to repeat that? No, uh, no, I got it. Yeah, okay. My head's spinning. I'm just working it out. Okay, so Jackson <laughs> runs for more touchdowns than he throws. Ben throws more interceptions than he throws touchdowns. Yeah, the same number or more. Okay. What uh, if Ben? Ru- what if Ben rushes for a touchdown? Does that count? Uh, no. Okay. That's not involved. Okay. <laughs> got to Got to nail these things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every eventuality. Are we saying that's a two point? I, I, I went for quite specific. Yeah, yeah. Rich, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Generate two points. I could have gone one or the other, but I thought if I went for both, that's really. It's funny. It's funny you say that. uh, Actually, mine was going to be that Ben throws for at least double at the interceptions, and he throws touchdowns. But I changed my mind. Uh, I've changed it to Ben throws no touchdowns. Okay. Possible. Because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, and I'm predicting a bad Ben game. Because I love to be cynical. So is that is that a two pointer? Because that feels a bit one pointer. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> most of it, most of our two pointers have like a double Rich, caveat. Go back and look. Oh, no, they don't. Since when? I'm pretty sure we gave like. Uh, oh, okay, I, Dave I'll give you your day. last two two pointers. Both schemes tore thirty, and it's a one point game. James Conner, one hundred and fifty yards and two TDs. And then this week, Ben throws no touchdowns. Well, I've tried. We see what I've done Where's here. Is, that and? I've tried to squeeze in one that's a bit that's not as bad because every week I come up with these ones that are like double headers, and everyone comes in. You know, Dave's here with like you know, Carson Wentz might or might not throw a touchdown, and we give him two points. <laughs> <laughs> we gave him one point for that. <laughs> we gave him one point, and it was held to two TDs precisely. When was the last time that Ben threw zero touchdowns in a game? Wasn't it like week three of this season? That he completed. Is that true? Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. I've yeah. <laughs> talked myself yeah. out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think that's a one-pointer, unless you uh, want to come back with something else. I think we've got to have one at some point. Fine. I'm one point. And as a host, you, you can you take it on. To it, maybe. What was that? Yeah, add another bit. Maybe add a part two to the prediction. Maybe then you'll, it'll be a two-pointer. But you know what will happen then? Ben will throw no touchdowns and I'll fail on the other <laughs> I won't get anything. <laughs> well, I'm being baited here. The audience knows. the game goes, as Tomlin says. The audience knows this is rigged. <laughs> You're the host. We can't give you an easy ride. No, I'm, I'm sticking with this. Give me one point if that's how you feel. A one-pointer. Okay, fine. 
Dave's yet to send in his picks. What do we do? Do we tweet them out? Yeah, we'll tweet or them out. We... We'll, uh, we'll, he'll send them out we'll when do he's something. good and ready. Yeah. It's probably... I, we did, we, he did warn us he wasn't going to be here, and I, I gave him the invitation. All right, we checked off phone. I don't know if he's like projectile vomiting and like, thinking about how many touchdowns the Ravens are going to score. <laughs> Isn't it exactly <laughs> top of his mind or not? I don't know. But uh, we don't have his picks yet. We'll make sure it's above board. Yeah. Um, Rich? I forgot it, but I came up with another one while you guys were giving me yours. So I'll say um, Pittsburgh Steelers defense will have three turnovers and one touchdown. Do I hear a three-pointer maybe? (laughs) Oh, come. This is getting ridiculous, this game. Ever since you introduced this thing with the different points, people have been trying to take advantage. (laughs) (laughs) Nice way to ensure you get two points by selling yourself for three. Uh, <laughs> three turnovers and one TD. That's the two. Is point. that what you said? That's the two point. Yeah. That's the two point. Yeah. Okay. I like that. That's good. Okay. I'm good. We need to do our picks for the. Um... How did we do last week? By the way, did anyone do? We, we all. Yeah, we all. We all, it's we never picking. Okay. Nothing changed. Every everything failed apart from our picks. Did we all get the golden the... picks right? We all got the corner picks right. Okay. So, really dull. But, um, Dave used up his Steelers pick. Mm. Rich used up his Packers pick, and I used up my Bills pick. And so did you. So, I'm going to go. I've got, uh, this week I'm going for the Titans versus the Bungles to come back. Mm. Nice. I think I, I think I thought about them. Um, I'm going to go Bucks over Giants. Ooh. I nearly went then, but I've already picked the Bucks, so I couldn't. Okay. Rich? I'm going to use my Chiefs pick this week. Oh, I nearly picked them as well, but I thought I'd save it. I'm glad you're burning yours. That's a good pick. I mean, it should be guaranteed there, right? Should be. It is the NFL, though. You never know. I mean, the Bills would give me a, a, a fit on Sunday, to be fair. Okay. Yeah, Jets uh, look slightly better without Le'Veon Bell, mm. I thought. Yeah. Strangely. Bell and Michael P. Ryan heat. <laughs> P. Ryan action. Okay. Are we done talking about football? Uh, oh, I will just mention... Um, the steel because I wanted to mention this when we were talking about the Ravens game. You see the injury report today? No, go ahead. Uh, it doesn't make for the super nice reading. I'm hoping it's mostly just uh, you know stuff that'll be fine tomorrow and Friday. But but hear me, hear me out here. Um, a few of the guys were, were not injury related, so I won't mention them. DJ out with his toe again, as he has been most of the time. I think Juju Smith-Schuster's got pictures of someone in the organization because he never has to practice uh, with a knee. Uh, Hilton's still out with his shoulder Dangerfield's out with a quad uh, Derek Watt was full though so that's nice he's back uh, Marcus that's Pouncey. good because they've been I mean it, they, obviously they're desperate to keep their fullback in the in the game plan if they're going to call up a defensive lineman mm-hmm. you know a rookie you know first year to get him out there so let's hope that Watt can go uh, Pouncey's did not practice uh, Ali didn't practice with an elbow Ebron didn't practice with an elbow uh, Wormley didn't practice with a knee. So, Wormley, Ebron, Villanueva, Pouncey, Dangerfield, Hilton, Juju, DJ. All did not practice. I think most of those are just giving those guys rest. 
I think most of it is. I mean, Deontay obviously has something he's, but I think he's trending towards playing. They they, they announced that the, the next day that he'll probably be okay to play. Um, yeah, and resting your players is a good move when when the Ravens are coming off a bye and they're all going to be fresh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, we'll end on that. I just wanted to mention that just because it was. Uh, a lot I of thought names. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to mention that the Week 10 game has been flexed to the afternoon, which was against the Bengals. Yeah, well, you know, afternoon, eh. much of a muchness. Well, I'm not interested. Okay. Oh, oh, I'll tell you what I will say, though, because people have been messaging about it. Uh, people are upset that the Steelers are on Sky again. Yeah. Uh, we should probably touch on this because this affects a lot of the, the UK listenership, right? Um, Windscribe. What's that? Windscribe. Windscribe, what are you saying yeah, to me right free, now? It's a, free, it's a free VPN. You just log in, <laughs> change yourself to a different country, log on to Game Pass, and then turn off Windscribe, and you view the whole game's fine. So it's like two minutes of your time. Don't. It, it, it's, it, it's, it's more effort writing a tweet than it is getting around the, <laughs> the restrictions at okay. the moment. So I don't, I don't know why anyone's complaining. Well, there you go. Windscribe. Absolutely no empathy from Gav. Uh, and we were apparently sponsored by VPN that is, I'm sure, pocketing some money uh, with Gav. Yes, harvesting your data, but that's a small price to pay, isn't it, for, uh, for uh, you know, unfettered Steelers access. All right, well, we'll move on. We'll forget about the uproar. Um... <laughs> I, I, I mean, I understand that Sky have rights, you know, but... We've we've paid a lot of money to, for our access to the Steelers, and they keep if they keep you know if they keep doing this, I'm gonna keep circumventing it. So yeah. there you go. Fair enough. Come I and get me, feds. I, I don't. <laughs> my, my door knocked down at eight a.m. tomorrow while they rip out my internet gear. Oh dear, Gav said fuck the feds. You heard it here first, right? <laughs> Let's move on. If you can have lockdown raves and people getting away with it, I can watch my NFL quietly on a Sunday, but I'm not dangering <laughs> anyone. I'm sure that's that's fine. Uh, we've gone full anarchist on this show without Dave. <laughs> yeah, the nearest. Where is he? <laughs> uh, speaking of Dave, we're going to have to uh, acquisition his corner this week. Yeah, do we even get the drop? Maybe we just get maybe a. We don't. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just a kind of a we fall into it. Fall into a, a bit muted. A that crappy, one. crappy section. Yeah, it's like it's like the kebab you get, you know, at three a.m. from the van rather than the actual shop. Half-hearted one, and you fall yeah. asleep. You don't even eat it. Yeah. Someone puts a cigarette out in it, and that's it. <laughs> it ends up all over the floor in front of a bin somewhere to upset yeah. people on the walk to work the next day. Or, like what happened to me, a girl walks past randomly and just slaps it up into your face. <laughs> You've got no idea who she is or why she did it. And then you get into a fight with her brother. Happened to me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Gav, it was your idea, so I'll let you pitch it. Um, well, my idea was we, we should have probably been more prepared and themed this in a Halloween-style thing, but we didn't. Um, so we're kind of left with, let's talk about Halloween. What's, what's, what's the best thing to do on Halloween? Well, you can't go trick-or-treating because there's a virus out there, kids. So Wait, what? Don't, don't, go, don't go up to people's strangers' doors and dipping your hands into buckets of sweets possibly the worst thing you could be doing right now so what, what should you do you should stay home and watch a movie so what what uh, what what what's your best halloween movie to watch i've got mine 
That was great. I, I see why Dave does this segment. Yeah. <laughs> Myself. Well, that, that was, come on, man. That was off the top of the dome. That was totally fresh. Oh, God. The enthusiasm. <laughs> <laughs> it was a public health, you know, safety warning as well, much as it was a, a setup for a piece. You know, we've got a high octane, you know, stunt man. We got uh, you. You got a high octane sound guy what's your job technician, <laughs> technician. technician. Uh, and i'm an idiot that watches a lot of movies so uh we, we couldn't possibly be more primed to talk better about company. what better company could you ask for to talk about movies especially yeah. scary ones yeah yeah well no, that's your that's your um area of expertise right to pull the curtain back um my girlfriend's also a massive cinephile uh, yes a, a cinephile i said yeah um <laughs> Not a Fred and Rose West. You haven't got bodies buried under the patio at the back. Um, and she and you have become kind of uh, copacetic. Oh, horror with horror, horror buddies. Yeah, horror buddies. You're just uh, going back and forth on each other's lists on Letterbox, the social network for movies. Plug that. They they can sponsor us. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you've seen like hundreds, right? So so, what are your picks? What's your big horror? What's your favourite horror movie of all time? I never asked you that, I don't think. I think I think the, my favourite one's got to be The Thing. John Carpenter's The mm, Thing. Yeah. Classic movie. That's Everyone's my... seen that, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. got to be. I mean, it, you, you don't get a much better horror movie than that. And the, the 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 best scene in the best horror movie for me is when they've got the backpacks on, the flamethrowers, and, and they're testing. That, it's like, yes. like at the moment, there's, there's some infected people in the room and they're all... They're all tied up and they've got to test. It's like they're doing their swab tests or whatever, but they're, they're basically hurting their sample. And if, if, if the sample reacts, then they're infected. If it doesn't, they're fine. And, and you, you slowly get, you know, they're all, they're all tied up and then eventually it's all, it's all whittled down to there's a couple of dudes tied up and everyone else is, is threatening to flame from. The tension in that scene is awesome. I love it's it. It's electric. You're right. It's a great scene. But what a great movie, great effects, great everything. Nothing. There's, it there's literally it's a perfect, it's a perfect movie. Yeah, because I hadn't seen this until I think this year. Because Chloe's been educating me on on horror, right? I was never a big horror guy until a couple of years ago. To be to be honest, so Chloe's been educating me on some of the uh, the older stuff, and I probably won't have seen some of the things you'll bring up, right? Because I'm still getting there. But I have seen the thing, and it, and it is fantastic because it's about the paranoia of other humans rather than anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like with any with any horror film when when you actually see the beast. Or whatever it is, it's always a, a letdown. But yeah. the beast, beast doesn't exist. You never see it because it's a virus. It's a virus that, that does crazy shit to people. The real and, beast with the friends uh, we made along the way. Yeah, exactly. And, and and your trust for them or not, and otherwise. But um, it's also the setting, man. I mean, it, you know, the, the the snowy snowy tundra. You couldn't ask for a better better setting for a film. So if 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 you haven't seen the thing, I'm sure I'm sure you're in a massive minority because it's most people have seen it. It's like the Star Wars of horror or whatever, but it's a great movie. Got to see it. What, what what about you, Rich? Um well my future favorite horror movie will be Army of the Dead available on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, why would that be, Rich? Is there, is there anyone in it that we may may or may not know? I hear there's some amazing work um, in that movie. <clears throat> I, I I might be in that one. I think. You know what? I know you're right, Gav. I didn't. Yeah, you're right. I am in that one. Um, uh, but there's uh you know some good good actors. Amari Hardwick's in it. Uh, Batista, you know, is in it. Uh, a couple other people. 
It's good. So, can you can you can you can you set out as much as you can about the about the storyline? When's when's it come out? Does it, does it, do we know? May uh, May of two thousand twenty one on Netflix. So it's not quite ready for Halloween. So how how you managed to shoehorn it into the segment? I don't know, but we'll let that go. <laughs> so so it, it, it's a zombie film, right? Or a zombie series? Yeah, a zombie yeah, TV zombie. film. Yeah, zombies have taken over basically um, Las Vegas. So the humans have built these huge walls around their Vegas to contain them. And uh, so they, um, this this guy, this billionaire, has a lot of money still in Vegas, and he hires this team of mercenaries to go in and get the money out. And, oh, that sounds good. So it's like a raid. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, Walking Dead meets uh, Escape from New York or something. That yeah. sounds good. Something like exactly like that. That's a that's a good way to put it. But yeah, Zach showed me the trailer um, last week. It looks awesome. It looks really good. I think it's going to be a good one. So I'm psyched. But um, I agree with you. The thing that's my favorite my favorite all time horror movie. It's a classic. It's amazing. The original was cool too. But I think Carpenter even outdid the original. Uh, but I also like. Um, there's a few other ones I like. I like Aliens a lot. Um, yeah. The sequel to Alien, which I think was better even than the first one, but they're both really good. Uh, I like Jeepers Creepers. Because that's a good movie, yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. That the guy who plays the Creeper is awesome. He's it's really good. And then this one I mentioned earlier, Thirteen Ghosts. It's really really cool movie. It's have you got you guys haven't seen it? No, I I haven't seen it. I haven't you seen guys got to check it out, especially now that it's Halloween's coming up. It's really cool. It's this this guy was like a um, a ghost hunter because these go these ghosts or spirits of these evil people are are capable of doing evil things <laughs> to the living. So he goes around he hunts these evil ghosts that have all been you know mass murderers or you know, serial killers or stuff like that, um, and um, he contains them in this house down in the cellar of this house and so this real modern glass house and they're all contained with different spells and stuff and these people get the house inherited to them and they come in and they don't realize what's down there and i'll leave it at that it's really cool sounds cool i would have to check that out i've got it actually on dvd somewhere so i'll have to dig that out maybe i'll watch that over halloween what's it called again rich i'm gonna add it to my list right now uh 13 ghosts 13 sorry i was searching three for some reason what one three one three Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds good. <clears throat> yeah, um, let me know. Yeah, I will. Well, you know, you know me. I, I'm desperate to hound people with my opinions on movies. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the thing is, it's fantastic. That's one of my favorite horror films. But I've got to. Um, I can't just say one because you know what I'm like. So I'm gonna I'm gonna run through some things. And also, I ask you modern. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You've got to pick one. We've gone headline. Whoa, okay. Whoa, whoa. Okay, you want, whoa, me to, whoa. You, want, <laughs> you want me to pick one right now first? Yeah, headline. Yeah, I, I could have picked 25. Okay, 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 okay. I think my favorite horror. And you're gonna tell me that this is um, a recency bias, I suppose, right? My favorite horror film I've ever seen, and, and coming from an experience of watching it the first time, uh, is The Lighthouse, um, which is the Robert Eggers movie. Robert Eggers also made The Witch, which was also one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. Um, I haven't seen it. I, think, I really want it. I think he's only made two movies. He's he's making. Uh, he's got a couple more slated to come out. That the very the very dark, very dialogue focused, very 
kind of folk tale thematic kind of stories. The witch is, you know, like a Boston folk tale all written in the original kind of language and that, that's super cool and yeah i mean i love the witch but are you saying that the, the lighthouse is better than the witch i think the lighthouse is the best horror movie i've, I've ever seen and, and not in the perspective that it's a traditional horror I mean, it's, it's not going to compare you know in, in theme to something like the thing or or uh, you know that kind of horror film it, it's kind of much more uh kind of a, a light touch it's not it's not so heavy not, not that the thing is heavy-handed but, but you know what i mean it's not so thematically horror in the traditional sense but there's very clearly a, uh, a horrific element to it it is a horror film i think that's what it's described robert robert Eggers only makes horror films really but um it's it's just the it's so it, it was the most jarring experience i've ever had sat in a cinema you know i went in not really knowing a great deal about it other than knowing it was a kind of a solitary film that was almost entirely two actors it's um willem dafoe and, and robert patterson and uh it, it's just kind of the relationship between these two guys and the the confusion of the entire piece and the, the way that it's filmed and, and you know because it's filmed in like a traditional um six four black and white style and the sound design it it's so uh Honestly, I mean, it's a shame now that it's it's sort of past the cinema thing because watching it in a cinema with with very little idea of what to expect uh, kind of blew me away. It, you know, it was a, it was a out of body experience almost kind of thing where uh, I just you know I just didn't know what was going on, <laughs> uh, but I loved it. So that's my favorite horror movie, I think. Um, and I have plenty more to say, but I'll stop because Gab's going to shout at me. No, no, it's good. Carry on. I mean, carry on. I just wanted to know what your what your top one is because it's easy to list off ten. <laughs> I, I just wanted to put you under under that scrutiny. That's fine. I, I just I wasn't going to say that there was others that were my favorite. That is my favorite horror movie. I've got a list. You see, I got a list. Okay, uh, so what you got? What, what's number two? So uh, number two is also recent. <laughs> is uh, Midsummer. Great film. Oh. Which you seen Whoa. that, Rich? Uh, is that the one where they go to like uh, Sweden or somewhere like that, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that that uh, that uh, commune of people are like pretty much evil? Yeah, that's the one. That's a horrible movie. You don't like that film? <laughs> God, it's so divisive. No, let me tell no, you what. I, I, Hereditary, okay. Hereditary was like that as well, though. People hated it, and I think I think it's just something chimes for you. I I loved it as well. I loved it somewhere. I thought it was great. I'm saving but Hereditary for it does. It day. is divisive. Name one character in that movie that has a redeeming quality. No, the the none of that. You hate them all. Maybe yeah. maybe the old lady that falls off the cliff and bashes her head in. You kind of like that. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, that's is... what I wanted to do after I watched that movie. Oh I my wanted... god! Right, <laughs> Or to that jump one... off a cliff. <laughs> I I, you know, I watched I watched that solely on your recommendation. Oh no! So, yeah, yeah, I did. No, it's okay. I'm not upset. But, uh, you know, I was, uh, I was happy to watch it because, uh, you know, I know you're a movie connoisseur, but, man, it stunk. Oh, wow. <laughs> tell, let me tell you why I love I this film, tell. though. Because because it, it's, it, I, love, I love a film that's a little bit different, right? And, and this was the first film I'd seen where, you know, it, it didn't use any real kind of horror tropes. It, it, there was, you know, it's, the, the whole thing is it's entirely set in, in the bright daylight. It's a very bright film. You know, I think that's what he was going for. Um, and it's... It's just a creepy movie, dude. And he doesn't use it. There's no jump scares in the film, which automatically endears it to me. Um, it's all kind of psychological, and and I don't know. I, I love that film, and it shocks you at points as well. But I mean, um, you've seen the you've seen the Wicker Man, right? You've seen that? Uh, no. 
Okay, because if you like Midsummer, then you'll definitely like The Wicker Man. It's very similar. Like the the, the brightness and the the kind of the palette and and what what what's what's happening and the the the, the whole thing. You could say it's a like a homage to the the Wicker Man. So you probably should watch that. So maybe that that's what you should watch maybe on Halloween. Okay, I, I feel bad now, so I'm going to pad Rich's ego a bit. Not, not, <laughs> the, not the Nicolas Cage remake, by the way. I'm talking okay. the, the, the original. Um, yeah, go on. I want to pad, pad, pad Rich's ego a bit because uh, oh. I've upset him. I've disappointed him with the Midsummer recommendation. Oh. Um, <laughs> I actually rewatched this last night because this is you know one of my top five horror films. Uh, the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> oh, Nice. Um, which Rich actually... might be in. <laughs> yeah, I might be in there a couple times. <laughs> the scariest bit in that movie for me is the painting. The moment with the painting. Oh, yeah. You watched it. You say you watched it last night. Uh, yeah. Do you remember the bit? They walk into the cabin and there's a painting that creeped me the hell out. And it, there's no reason for it. That's just production design or whatever. I'm, I'm, struggling, to even, I'm struggling to even know what you're so You didn't even notice it. It's it, it, it's just a weird moment. They walk into this cabin and they just stare at this painting and go, that's a weird painting. And the, and the painting just basically depicts what's going to happen to them oh, in the movie. Oh, okay. It's really weird. It's just like a weird kind of wink to the audience, but it just creeped me the hell out and made the hairs go on the back of my neck. I, I just I love a movie that just subverts your expectation. And if you go into that movie knowing nothing, um, which you probably should, so I won't say a lot, it you kind of think it's going to be one thing, right? You think it's going to be this kind of generic, throwaway, stupid kind of horror film. There's a jock, there's a nerd, there's a, a hot girl in a cabin in the woods. You know, to the point where I was watching it with someone who hadn't seen it before and they said all this and I was like, oh, just wait. Just yeah. <laughs> <Your> second. <laughs> it's, uh, it's fantastic. And the, the last sort of act of that movie when uh, kind of it all goes down it, it, and Rich is uh, featured heavily. Um, oh. Although you might not notice, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna recognize me. Hopefully, <laughs> is uh, is just fantastic. So yeah. Anyway, I'll stop talking now. Did I did I ever tell you guys a, a little backstory be about that movie? I don't know. Go on. I, I may have. I'm not sure. Well, you know Sigourney Weaver was in it, right? Yeah. All right. So I'm sitting in my trailer and a knock on the door. You know, and I open it up and it's her assistant. And she said, Sigourney would like to meet with you if that's okay. I said, uh, yeah, sure. I go, is everything okay? Or she goes, well, she's, she is really, really fearful of your werewolf character. <laughs> like it scares her to death. <laughs> I said, really? She's like, yes, yes. I go, okay. So I meet with her and, you know, super nice. She, she became one of my favorite people I've met in the film industry after that. She's a really cool person. And um, I go, you know, I have to ask this because it's the obvious question. You, you, you've done so many alien movies and that, that character is definitely frightening. Like, wh what is, you know, what is it? Like, how come, what's it about the werewolf? She goes, I don't know. I, I can't tell you in words what it is, but it just really scares me, you know. So after spending time with her, she, she was like, you know what? I'm fine now. Thank you. You know, she's, <laughs> she, she was really cool. And as I'm doing my scenes, it, like one of my coolest moments was I'm, I'm doing a scene towards the end of the movie where I'm attacking this girl. And after, after cut, I hear, <laughs> I hear, I hear, hear her clapping and yelling bravo bravo <laughs> like, it's a, like it's a theater production you know it's like <laughs> i'm a werewolf it was <laughs> it was so cool though she was a she's an awesome person 
It's, it, do, uh, I've always struggled with her first name, and I, I, I did you actually say it to her? Sigourney. I'd be, I'd, 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 I'd be worried about stumbling all over that. Sigourney. Yeah. Yeah. Not I don't have any difficulty with that. No, I don't think so. I, I can't remember how, how I uh, addressed her, um, Your Highness, yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> what do people call her? Do they call her Sig? Like what's 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 short for Sigourney? Yeah, good question. Gurney. I know. I know. I just know it because I, I I'm 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 no stranger to like a spoonerism. I know I'd, I'd end up calling a Signori. I know it. <laughs> that would terrify me, and I just obsess over that for the whole time. That don't say Signori, don't say Signori, and then I'd say it. But that's weird because she was in Ghostbusters and she had to deal with what was the the bad guy in that Zool or whatever. She had to deal with Zool, mm-hmm. and like you say, she dealt with uh, you know face huggers and various other alien things. And yet yeah. your wolf shook her to the core. So I, I don't know what you're doing. Brilliant acting, maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, great performance art you're doing there. You're summoning up the the devil. Jeez, mm-hmm. man. Can, can I upset Rich while we're talking about Sigourney Reader? Go ahead. And I, I might have already brought this up. We might have already had this conversation. Tell me if we have. Um, but seeing as you um, shat all over Midsummer, um, I will. <laughs> I will die on this hill. Aliens two or, or Aliens or whatever it's called. Is, was it you? Is I was thinking. Who is it? Movie. It's so who is bad. it? It was you. <laughs> I remember. I was thinking. Who is it? When Rich was saying, I think it's someone. Some idiot recently was saying to me that <laughs> Alien two is not as good as Alien one or something. It's you. Now, I'm aware that I'm like destroying my credibility with Rich here, but I will die on this hill. That Aliens. T- oh my god, I despise this film. Oh jeez. Maybe it's the era, right? That I just don't connect with, but. It's just so not, not to say that you're old, Rich. <laughs> yeah, I am. You can say it. <laughs> but um, I don't like James Cameron, right? At the best of times, but dear God, man, it's just so. I don't know. Maybe you could explain to me why you like it so much, because I think I'm missing something with this film. Because I'm like standing alone on the hill with this. Do you, you know what? One of the main reasons I liked it. Is because the alien, I thought the alien creature was one of the coolest monster creatures ever created. It's right up there with the Predator. That's why when they shared movies together, it was so awesome. But it, it expanded on them. You know, now now you saw how deadly one can be. Now you have now you have to deal with a whole hive of them. And it introduced the uh, alien queen as well. So you got to learn where the aliens, how the aliens, you know, where they come from. And it, you know, it just, I just you know, there's a lot more action in it. You know, there's a lot. You know, the Marines were fighting them, and yeah, the military I, hardware was cool. Yeah, and there were some great performances in in that movie. You know, there's some there's some really really fun acting performances. Um, what's his name? I'm sorry, Michael Bean. You had um, and you and, had uh, oh, yeah, who's the other guy? Um, what's his name? Yeah. Love that guy. That was in Predator Two as well. Funnily enough, he played Hicks. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he had a really funny, you know, performance and it was really well done. And um, yeah, it just you know, it just expanded on something a movie that I al- already really liked, you know, and it, and it kept a lot of that, uh, you know, a lot of that horror, you know, scare the scary monster in the way they shot it. Like you know, you had already seen it once, but it was still scary. You know, it was still scary to you, you know, and I, had, I don't know. I, I'm willing to to um, challenge you on that, though, Simon, if you want to put them up on Twitter or 
Bill Paxton. I think I would Bill, heartily Bill lose. Ju- judging by um, kind of the, whenever I express this opinion to anyone, <laughs> I'm just roundly mocked. So um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I didn't connect with. Because the thing was, Alien, the original. Um, I, I didn't love either, but I kind of res- I liked I kind of respected it for what it was doing. You know, it was um, kind of the way it built tension and, and whatnot. I, I kind of liked, but I didn't love the movie. I didn't get into the law, maybe. And then the second one just felt silly to me. You know, the the the, the script and the acting, it, and it was it was all very over the top and campy, and, and that's fine for some things, but it just didn't work in what it was. I don't know. I was just I was rolling my eyes. Chloe was upset with me. That was the beauty of it, though. It was a bit campy, but it was still really scary. I mean, I don't know. I was scared. You were scared? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I, I give you the monster is, is, kind of, is quite scary, yeah. But um, it was kind of whenever a human was on the screen that I wanted everyone to die. And that kid, oh, dear God. Newt. Oh, that Newt. kid. You, know, yeah, that, you didn't like Newt? That movie would have been good if the kid had been killed straight away. Oh jeez! Is, is this the James Cameron thing? Do you like? Do you like? Not like James Cameron movies? I really don't like. I like you know, Titanic is okay, and then after that, I'm kind of oh, Terminator Two is good. Terminator Two is good, and outside of that, I'm uh, yeah, really down on James Cameron. The the director's cut of that came out, Rich. We'd we'd had Aliens for I don't know four or five years or something, and then the director's cut came out, and we're like, amazing, an extra five minutes of footage in this film. The five minutes of footage. Remember what that was? So they set up robot sentry guns and they shoot and they kill aliens until they run out of ammo. And then <laughs> the robot sentry guns are forgotten. And that's that, why yeah. they were cut from the movie. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, that was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. For once, the producers got that one right. Like, <laughs> let's, just, let's not just have some guns that are just empty and, and then the aliens come anyway because you don't care how many aliens are killed because there's still some aliens left. But uh, yeah, that was my, my high takes on that. I, I, I think you're I think you're wrong, Simon. I Everyone does. I think, <laughs> I think, I think aliens, aliens is a fantastic movie, highly entertaining. Um, God, I hated that but film. I, I, maybe I'll watch it again. <laughs> maybe I'll watch it again. But it it was Bill Paxton was the actor that we were there trying to remember. Go. And there yeah, what, what what a shame he's he's not with us anymore. Um, uh, not not a Halloween film, but Trespass. That he did with uh, Ice Cube and Ice T. What a good movie that was. Under underrated. Where he plays a fireman who's found some gold. But anyway, that's not Halloween, so let's move on. And I, I wanted to talk about um we talked about John Carpenter's the thing. Uh, John Carpenter generally, I, I'm a big fan of his movies. Some of them are utter trash, like uh, Vampires on Mars or whatever that film was. Awful. But um Prince <laughs> of Darkness. Keep going. Prince of Darkness. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a massively underrated like depiction of a interdimensional uh, demon, I guess that they've somehow trapped. But the, the 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 sense of like impending doom within that movie for no real reason. It's basically just like the 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 evil emits from a glowing green dish, right? And but for the whole movie, you're terrified. You don't really know why. I don't, I don't know what why what is scary about that movie, but it works. You seen that one, Si? I haven't, no. Another when one saying, to watch. I've just added it to my list. When you're saying he has some stinkers, I th- I thought for sure you were going to mention Ghosts of Mars. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that one. It was I combined vampires and Ghosts of Mars into two because to me they're both 
terrible films with red covers that I wish I'd never seen. But then you've got to think of some other ones. He's done some other great, like like we mentioned before, Escape from New York, and I mean I, I, I've done, I love that. And um, uh, what was the other one? Christine, that was quite good. Yeah, they live. Oh, they live. How did I forget that? What an awesome movie. Have you ever seen that? Have you, sir? I haven't. I, I'm, I'm t- I don't think I've seen any other than the thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Should watch them. They're always, they've always got that kind of slightly trashy vibe. But, yeah. The Fog. The Fog was good, too. Oh, I have seen good. The Fog. Yeah. It was good. Halloween, of course. Assault on Precinct 13. Another oh, good one. Hey, think about a director that it's made two of the best horror movies ever. There's not, there's not too many one directors that have done that. The Thing and, and Halloween. I mean, there are classics. Robert yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got, I got some more old ones. Because you, Simon, it seems like you're, you're, you're all over the new films. Yeah, but the old I'm ones. modern. How about I go way back. I've got two. Two from the 60s. What about... Um, uh, the Witchfinder General, you've got to seek out the uncut version. That is a fantastic, like one of my top 10 movies of all time with Vincent Price playing this the Witchfinder basically that hunts down witches, but he's just a total bastard and, and oh. just convict, abuses his power to just convict people to, to women to, to horrible deaths. Amazing film. Uh, I think it's Vincent Price, best ever one. And then the other one is, um, uh, the Quake Mass and the Pit. I don't know if they're like a Hammer Horror, the Hammer three? Horror films. Quake Mass and the Pit. Now there's actually three different versions you can find. There's a TV version, and then there's two feature film versions. One black and white, one color. They're all good. Whichever one, because it, 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 they were made by, they were written by this guy called Nigel Neal, who is possibly uh, the UK's best science fiction writer that no one's ever heard of. He's up there with like, you know, um, uh, I was going to say Stephen King, but in that kind of realm of just, uh, who's the one I was thinking of? Philip, Philip Dick. He, he's like the UK's Philip K. Dick. Um, just amazing stories. And, 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 and quite a mass in the pit. So quite a mass was an ongoing TV show in the fifties, like Dr. Who or whatever, but written by Neil, the, the quite a mass is this rocket scientist dude that, gets into basically it's sort of like x files in, in, a, in a kind of a way in that he's 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 an expert on rocket travel so if there's any kind of alien encounters he he gets involved well in quite mass in the pit um it kind of it kind of plays on propaganda and and the missing link and it, it starts off with it's set in london and and they're doing um they're excavating some uh so they're doing work on an underground tube station and they 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 unearth some stuff in 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 the excavation that first turns out to be um, remains of, of of an ancient men ancient uh, beings, and then and then it, it develops along on that thread, and it starts to get a bit supernatural and weird and 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 crazy, um, and it's really quite scary, given of its time. I mean, it's 1960s, 50s slash 60s, so it's not you know it's not up to modern standards, but. The, the concept is is awesome, so I, I strongly recommend that. Quite a mess, yeah. Check him out. Nice. Okay. <clears throat> Always come at us with the interesting uh, recommendations. There you go. I don't know where you'd find him. I've got him on DVD. I don't know where. You'd, I don't <laughs> I know mean, where that's you'd the trouble with you. I can never find anything you recommend. Yeah, sorry. I need my own VHS shop. Uh, any others to recommend, Rich? 
Uh, no, those are the only ones I could think of off the top of my head. Um, that's okay. Yeah, that's about it. Um, I, I, we'll, we'll go in a second. A couple of like, movies you've never seen that you should go watch. Uh, maybe, maybe you have seen. Tell me if you have. Uh, One Cut of the Dead. Have you seen that? No. It's a it's a Korean movie. Chloe showed it me. It's a weird movie in that you'll watch it for thirty minutes and you will you will want to turn it off, but don't. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Um, Korean movies, Korean movies are where it's at right now. They're oh, yeah. making some good stuff. Because um, Chloe showed me and I, she was it was kind of like the um, cabin in the woods thing where I was like for the first like forty five minutes or so I was like oh, this is awful Chloe just turn it off and she's like no watch it <laughs> I was glad that I did. Um, and it follows. Have you seen that? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, I love that. The the, the panning shots yeah. in that. I've never been so scared of a camera moving from left to right. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, have you seen Train to Busan? I know that's kind of a popular uh, one now. Yeah, I love that. That's another Korean classic. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, have you seen? I, I saw The Devil when you're talking about Korean no, movies. No, I was. I've got it on Blu-ray. I bought it on Blu-ray. But I've not watched it yet. Oh, did I? I recommended that to you might, already, yeah, didn't I? You did. It might be one for for this weekend, maybe. But... Yeah, I, I, it's beyond horror. I mean, it's beyond. Yeah, it's like it's it's in that realm of. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this before in the podcast, where there's certain films that I would class above horror in terms of just hard, really hard going, sort of heavyweight stuff. Like I'm talking about maybe Irreversible or uh, Enter the Void or um, what's another one so in that in film. that genre. The Serbian film, yeah, geez, um, Martyrs, yeah, there's quite a few. So I'd say I saw The Devil was in that realm of just, yeah, you, you maybe wouldn't want to watch it with your mum. <laughs> like it's a bit, or like if you're with a new girlfriend, she might think you're a bit odd to put a film like that on, you know. But it, it, it in, in certain circumstances, you know, they're, they're, they're almost like or, or Human Centipede, that's another one, like um, sort of works of art horror. Yeah, where it's I wouldn't call a human centipede a work of art, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, it's pushing your boundaries of tolerance. Like, can I can I actually watch this without throwing up in my seat? Yeah, kind of kind of levels. Which maybe it's not not everyone's down with that. Yeah, I'm looking so forward I'm not... to this based on what you've said. But I also okay. kind of hated Human Centipede though. Like, it actually ruined our evening. So maybe maybe this won't be. Yeah, good. well, that's what I'm saying. It's not it's not pleasant viewing. You know, you don't like you know whistle whistle with your hands in your pocket out of the cinema. You kind of. <laughs> sludge home in shadows thinking about how depressing the world is yeah it affects you yeah Yeah. but i guess you know that's the power of cinema isn't it 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 can rock you in ways that you're not expecting and sometimes you know you don't necessarily want to enjoy it you want to be challenged or something and those movies do that all right we'll wrap it up there then before we because we spoke probably spoke more about cinema at this point than we have football I i can't remember the last time we said anything about football um john berry sucks there you go um, <laughs> follow this show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. Follow uh, Gav at GM Boom Up. And follow the absentee Dave at This Is Dave Hart on Twitter. And follow uh, Rich on Instagram at Stunt underscore Batman. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you here. It's been working so far at 7 and 0 next week. See you later, yeah. guys. Get well soon, Dave. Happy Halloween. Go Steelers. Oh. Yeah.